Turn with me to Psalms 42. We're going to be there together this morning. And let me just say before, as we get started, this is not your normal Mother's Day message, but this isn't your normal Mother's Day uh, service either. And so we're excited about just being able to be together. And you know, as the longer this goes on, the more uh, we face different uh, trials through this uh, time of COVID-19. And I just want to just thank the Lord, though, for what he's brought us through and that we can be here together today because we recognize that without the Lord, truly, we're, we're in trouble. And so I, I'm just so thankful for Psalms 42 uh, today. And I just want to remind you uh, of the goodness of God in this moment. And just to, just to share with you just this, this great reminder from the Word of God today in Psalms 42. As we look here in Psalms 42, we're going to see just a powerful scripture as we see uh, that God has a desire for us to take hope and to, to know the God of hope in our life. Because sometimes we look around and we see the problems and they seem to overwhelm us and despair can fill our lives. But, but God is the God of hope. You believe that this morning? Amen. There's some honks. Amen. All right. So we think about that today. And, and as we think about this and we come into the house of the Lord, I just want to just, just point back to this psalm together. So if you will, join me in Psalms 42. We're going to read this together this morning. As the heart panteth after the water brook, so panteth my soul after thee, O God. My soul thirsteth for God, for the living God. When shall I come and appear before God? My tears have been my meat day and night, while they continually say unto me, Where is thy God? When I remember these things, I pour out my soul in me. For I had gone with the multitude, I went with them to the house of God. And with a voice of joy and praise, and with a multitude that kept holy day. Why art thou cast down, O my soul? Why art thou disquieted within me? Hope thou in God, for I shall yet praise him for the help of his countenance. O my God, my soul is cast down within me. Therefore, I will remember thee from the land of Jordan, and from the Hermonites, and from the hill of Mizar. Deep calleth unto deep at the noise of thy water spouts. All thy waves and thy billows are gone over me, yet the Lord will command his loving kindness in the daytime. And in the night his song shall be with me, and my prayer unto the God of my life. I will say unto God, my rock, why hast thou forgotten me? Why go I mourning because of the oppression of the enemy? As with the sword in my bones, mine enemies reproach me. While they say daily unto me, Where is thy God? Why art thou cast down, O my soul? Why art thou disquieted within me? Hope thou in God, for I shall yet praise him who is the health of my countenance and my God. Let's pray this morning. Father, thank you for the reading of your word and for this opportunity to be together today. And God, I just pray that you would remind us that you are the God of hope, that no matter the circumstance or the situation that, God, you are the same yesterday and to, uh, today and forever. And we can truly hope in you today. And so as a church, I pray that we would take courage and be strengthened through this time, that, God, you still have a plan and you still, still sit on the throne and you're still the God of hope today. We praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. As you look here today, there's a couple of things I want to share with you from this text and just want to just very briefly this morning uh, just touch on a couple of things out of, out of Psalms 42, because we see that in Psalms 42, it begins the second book of, in the book of Psalms. And, and as, as we see this, this writing here, we don't exactly know who, who wrote it, but some have 
have thought that it was probably written by King Hezekiah following his sickness that was nigh unto death. Some have said that it was one of the other sons of Korah, as it's suggested in the text there above. And, and, and as we look here, I, I just want to remind you that we all can, can uh, come to this text and be in agreement that we need to hope in God today. In 1965, uh, Martin Lloyd-Jones was the pastor of Westminster Chapel in London, and he published a book, a book that sold more copies than any other book, and it was simply entitled Spiritual Depression, Its Causes and Cure. He never would have imagined that that book would have sold so many copies, especially because uh, as, as Christians, we're supposed to have it all together. We're supposed to be perfect. Nothing ever, no, no uh, sun, uh, excuse me, rain never comes. It's always sunshine, right? The reality is we all deal with times where we struggle. The reality is there's always times where we must walk through the valley with our Lord, and it's in the valley, and it's when we're struggling the most, and when we walk through that valley that God says, Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. You see, it's in that valley that we're reminded that God walks with us and, and just along that journey, and we're able to say, God is with me and walking with me through every step of this journey together. And as Psalms 42 opens here, we see that, that there is a great reminder that God knows that there is a desperate longing in hearts today. He says, why art thou downcast? Why? He says, even the first verse, as the heart or the deer panteth after the water brooks, so panteth my soul after thee, O God. You see, if you look a little bit into the, the history of this psalm, we'll see that this psalmist is saying, look, there's been a time of separation. I've not been able to come into the house of the Lord. We've been there, amen. We're there right now. It's I, My heart has longed for the last eight weeks to be with the God's people again and to be in church. And but and it truly my heart's felt like as the heart panteth after the water brook, so my soul panteth after thee. And he said, listen, my heart, desires desperately for you his heart longed for God and so in Psalms 42 he answers what happens when your soul is downcast in verses 1 and 2 we see this beautifully played out as he says my heart pant panteth after the Lord as a as a as the as the deer does so do I Lord pant after you and some as we look at this text he, he says in verse 2 for my soul thirsteth for God, for the living God. When shall I come and appear before God? He desired so badly just to be once again in the house of the Lord. And, and honestly, he felt because he couldn't come into the house of the Lord that he had grown distant from God. You ever been there? Have you been there lately? I'm telling you, you're not alone in this situation. And as, as just as the psalmist said, just as I had spent time away from God, and, and though it seemed like, like I was... Forever away from the temple, my heart felt the same way about the Lord. He said, listen, let me remind you of the truth. Hope thou in God. That's the answer today. The answer is, is still in the Lord. As he looks here, we see that there was not just a longing for uh, this desire to be with the Lord, but there was a longing for peace. In verse number three, he says, my tears have been my meat day and night, while they continually say unto me, Where is thy God? When I remember these things, I pour out my soul in me, for I had gone with the multitude. I went with them to the house of God with a voice, 
of the joy and praise with a multitude that kept holy day. And in verse number 10, it kind of, kind of duplicates this same thing. It says, as with a sword in my bones, mine enemies reproach me. And while they say daily unto me, where is thy God? You see, these were scoffing. They were mocking. They were saying, where is your God? Now, these weren't unbelievers because and during this time, it was very uncommon for people to be atheists. Really, atheism didn't really evolve until the Greek philosophy became popular. And so it's not like this was a person that didn't believe in, in that there was a God, but instead this was a person that said, listen, I don't believe in the God. I don't believe in Jehovah. I don't believe in this one. And so we see here today that he says, where is your God now? Where is your God when you need him? That's what he's asking. Church, let me remind you that every step of the way that God is faithful, we never have to wonder, where is God? We never have to say, is he near me? Because he's promised in Hebrews 13, 5, I will never leave thee nor forsake thee. He's promised in Psalms 23, verse number 4, he walks with us through that valley. We, he's promised us time and time again his presence and with us every second of the day. You know, sometimes, though, we feel as though we've walked through this valley alone. And maybe we ask, why doesn't God seem to hear my cries? Why doesn't he intervene in this situation? And he says in verse number four, it seems like he, as he remembered, he says, when I remember these things, I pour up my soul in me, for I had gone with the multitude. I went with them to the house of God with a voice of joy and praise with a multitude that kept holy day. He said, listen, I remember the good old days. I remember how things were before, and now things are not that way anymore. I, I remember what it was, was like before. And this longing just grows deeper. Some of our best memories of worship have happened here inside these walls of this building. But really, the best worship that we have resides within our heart. The best worship we have is when we can just come before the Lord and say, God, I, I bow myself, I bow on my knees before you, and I realize that no matter the valley, no matter the trial, no matter how long it may endure, the weeping endure for the night, joy comes in the morning. That's the God we serve today. And we long for those days again, and as the psalmist wrote this, he says, don't forget, let me remind myself that it is God who brings me hope today. God, it's, he is the God of hope. Psalms 42 and verse number 7, we see there's a longing not just for peace, but there's a longing for rest. In verse number 7, he says this, Deep calleth unto deep. At the noise of thy water spouts, all thy waves and thy billows are gone over me. In verse 9, I will say unto God, my rock, why hast thou forgotten me? Why go I mourning because of the oppressed of the enemy? You just hear his distress here in this moment. You hear the longing in his soul. You hear the, the trouble that he's going through. And he says, listen, all of my troubles make me feel like I'm drowning in the midst of the sea. And I remind you today that just as Peter was sinking in the depths of the sea, so God can lift you up. And just as the psalmist wrote in Psalms 40 and says, though I was stuck in that miry clay and my feet were down in the pit, he says, the Lord picked me up and he lifted me up and set my feet upon the rock. That's the God we serve today. And when we feel like we're down and we feel like we're, we can't go another step and it feels like this, this night, this valley won't ever cease, that we still serve the God of hope today. 
You know, as Christ died on the cross, he felt similar to what we feel oftentimes. He says, my God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? But I'll have to admit that his feelings had to be much deeper. His his feeling of anxiety must have been greater. But I just say the day that just as uh, the Father walked with him through that trial, so he walks with us today. And though uh, we feel desperate, and though it feels like a heart cries out, let me just say that God is the God of hope. And let me just say that we have a delivering Lord today. In verses number 8 through 11, the psalmist writes here in Psalms 42, he says, Yet the Lord will command his loving kindness. I'm so thankful every time God puts something like that in there. You know, it makes me think of uh, Romans 6, 23, For the wages of sin is death. But... Aren't you thankful for that one word? It transforms that whole verse. And he says, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. You see, though there's despair, God offers hope. Jesus says, I've come that you might have life and they might have it more abundantly this morning. And this is the glorious truth today that God offers hope. He is the one. He is the one and him alone. This Today in the world, there's false cures for desperation. There's false cures for depression. People see their way of escape through realities of life, through divorce, maybe entertainments, vacations, some pop pills, drink uh, uh, drink alcohol or whatever it may be. Or maybe you're like uh, that young lady on Family Ties, if you remember that. I remember watching that as a kid, little Mallory. She says, when I get depressed, I go shopping. These cures are ineffective at best. And may I just say, There's only one cure, cure, one real cure for desperation. There's only one cure for depression. There's only one cure that that the psalmist points us to. And I believe with all my heart that this is the message that God has for us at this time, at this moment today. Because yet, excuse me, my pages are throwing, flying all over the place. Yet the Lord will command his loving kindness in the daytime and in the night. His song shall be with me. Aren't you thankful that in the middle of the night that his song never ceases? That in the middle of the night that song comes to you and you're reminded up from the grave he arose? Aren't you thankful that you can sing victory in Jesus no matter the night, no matter the darkness, no matter how bad it may be? I'm telling you that Jesus Christ is calling unto you and to me and says, Come unto me, all you that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon me and learn of me, for I am meek and lowly in heart and shall find rest in your souls, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. You see, that's the, that's the message today. Christ says, listen, change your focus. Put your focus not on your problem, but on the Savior. Put your, take your focus off of this desperation and put it on the one who's the deliverer. Allow him to be able to be the focus of your life and remove that focus off of the self-centeredness and put it upon him. We see that God gives us the answer today. In Psalms 42, he gives us that brand new song. He gives us that brand new uh, reminder here in verse number 11. He says, why art thou cast down? You see, because there's certainty with the Savior. There's a great certainty with him. He says, why art thou cast down? Why are you feeling like you're feeling? What business have you to be disquieted? Why in the world are you going through what you're going through? Because let me remind you, Christian, today we have hope today. Do you believe that? Amen. 
That's the God we serve today, the God of hope this morning. And I remind you that just as we've felt captive in, in our own land, maybe in our own homes, that God says, listen, I've walked with you. I've, I've, I've gone through this with you. You're not alone in all of this. And he is the delivering Lord that says, listen, there is certainty with him today. And so turn your eyes upon him. Now, like that old song says, turn your eyes upon Jesus. Look full in his wonderful face. And we see that when we do, we see like Joshua, we see like David, we see like Moses, we saw like Joseph, that though we walk through those valleys and though we go through those difficult times, that when we get to the other side, we see God's hand was in it all along the way. Trust in him today. Octavius Winslow said this, the child of God is from necessity a joyful man. His sins are forgiven. Are your sins forgiven? Amen. He says his soul is justified. His person is adopted. His trials are blessings. His conflicts are victories. His death is immortality. His future is a heaven of inconceivable, unthought of, untold, and endless blessedness. With such a God, such a Savior, and such a hope, is he not ought, uh, he not to be a joyful man? Though we sorrow, though we go through the valley, we don't have to be disquieted. We don't have to be cast down because we can be reminded that, yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. The God of hope walks with you. The God who is the God of all ages, the one who says, I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. He says, I'm going to walk with you through every step of this journey, and I'm going to make sure that you get where I intend for you to be. For I know whom I have believed and am persuaded that he is able to keep that which he committed unto me until that day. And so you may feel cast down. Hope in God alone. As President George Bush represented the U.S. at the funeral of former Soviet uh, leader, uh, and I'm going to mess up this name even though I practiced it. Uh, it's a Ukrainian name, Lenoid Brezhnev. Bush was, uh, Bush was deeply moved by a silent protest carried out by his widow. She stood motionless by the coffin until seconds before it was closed. Then just as the soldiers touched the lid, his wife performed an act of great courage and hope and a gesture that must have uh, been one of the most profound acts uh, of civil disobedience ever committed. She reached down and made the sign of a cross on her husband's chest. There in the citadel of secular and atheistic power, the, the wife of the man who uh, really had run all hope out of that city, she hoped against hope that there was another life. She hoped against hope that maybe, just maybe, the Jesus who represented that cross, who died on the cross, would, would have mercy upon her husband. And the reality is that today, that God offers you that hope today. Not a, not a, wishful thinking, but a certainty, a certainty that says, listen, my hope is built on nothing less than Jesus' blood and his righteousness. That's the hope that we have today in Jesus. And God offers for you this morning, he says, listen, you too, you too can know, you too can know with all great certainty that your home is heaven. It's not a hope, it's not just a maybe, it's a no-so salvation. That's what God offers, offers you today. Right now, I invite you to put your faith in him. You see, because the psalmist, as he wrote this, he says, listen, 
my, I, I'm despairing in the night. I'm, I'm struggling at this moment. But I know that, that, that I just got to say, listen, hope thou in God. Tonight, maybe to this morning, maybe you're not saved. God says, Jesus came to bring you life. Jesus came to bring you hope of that resurrected life. In 1 Timothy chapter 1 and verse number 15, we read, This is a faithful saying and worthy of all acceptation that Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners. He said, of whom I am chief. Listen, you may say, you don't know my past, preacher. You don't know what I've been through in the past. And I'll just say, you don't know the power of our Savior because he's able to save to the uttermost this morning. He's able to redeem you no matter your past because every sinner can have a future. And so God offers for you today that, that hope of eternal life. You see, there's only one way to receive the hope of, of, of eternal life, and that's through Jesus Christ. He says, for neither is there salvation in any other, but only in Jesus' name and his alone. And so I urge you this morning to put your faith in Jesus Christ. In just a few minutes, when we end our services, we're going to have everyone exit out this direction, and we'll give you direction in just a moment. And as we exit that direction, I'll be over there, and I'll be standing in the lanes, and I'll just encourage you, if you'd like to put your faith in Jesus Christ, would you say, Preacher, I'm ready to be saved today, and I'll take my Bible, and I'll show you how that you can be saved. We'll have some of our other other staff over there, and they'll be ready to show you how that you can be saved this morning because I tell you that God is still God, and He's still in the saving business, and He still wants you to know Him and to be saved this morning. Christian, maybe you're going through some time of great sorrow. I encourage you, hope thou in God today. There's no one like our God. There's no one as great as He is. There's no one as wonderful there's no one who saves. And I invite you today to say, listen, I'm not going to listen to my fears. I'm not going to listen to those things. I'm not going to let Satan get the victory here right now today. I'm going to put my faith in him alone. And I'm going to trust him alone above everything else. And I know that no matter what this world may throw at me, that I'm going to follow Jesus Christ. Will you do that today? Hope thou in God. That's what he's calling us to. And today... Our assembly is a little different. And this situation's a little bit different. But I want to ask if you'll bow your heads right there with me, your car, or your computer, or however you're at. And maybe you just be willing to say, you know, Lord, I know right now I'm struggling. Struggling, having hope. But God, I commit to you not to listen to my fear. And I commit now to listen to you. Would you do that right now? Our Father, thank you that you are the God of hope. You are the God that still sits on the throne. You are the God who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we can ask or even think according to the same the power that worketh in us. And so, Father, as we consider this today and in this situation, I pray that the hearts of your people would be encouraged today, that we would be able to carry hope into the community, that, God, we would know beyond any shadow of a doubt that you are walking with us and, Lord, you're carrying us. Lord, perhaps there's someone in this congregation this morning that says, you know, I don't have the hope of God. Help them now to put their faith in you. That they would call upon you, for whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved, and that God, that they would truly be saved this morning. Thank you for loving us for this time this morning. In Jesus' name, amen.